0: everyone welcome back to another episode of hello on the power play it's me and boy brian always joined by my fantastic co-host matthew fisher how you doing good buddy bing
1: i'm dabbing it up here man all days of summer we're in we're in the we're in them and you know we're going through them and we're loving it
0: we oh, are in the we are in the thick of the summer months that is for sure. Uh hockey news is few and far between. Not a lot of people are thinking about ice sports right now for good reason. It is beautiful outside. I always love the summer. It's my favorite season. So, I am not complaining by any means. Um just been doing a lot of golfing, man. Just uh, so much golfing recently for me. Um and it's not going to stop. I think in uh in like a week or two, I'm doing a 36 hole day with um Ellie's brother so that's going to be solid as well but uh, nice. 36 is tough 30, I, well we did it last year we do it every year for his birthday it, it's not hard until about whole 8 of the second round and you're like just twenty seven, which is 26 yeah it's like huh you know this kind of is painful a little bit <laughs> you know mm.
1: yeah well I found buddy yeah, I'm but I'm always on the golf course as you know. So. You know yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I mean you also you, you work there too, so.
1: but yeah, I work I work at a golf
0: course. I so yeah go you know, play on a golf course. Gotta work and play, you know? Well work and play. Um work hard, play right, hard baby. But we do have at least some NHL news to you to give this week. Let's start it up. So uh, this one coming down today, I believe. But uh, Troy Terry signs a seven-year, $7 million contract with the Anaheim Ducks, avoiding arbitration. He had 61 points last season and was an all-star. That was split between 23 goals and 38 assists in 70 games. Uh, He was an Anaheim draft pick in the fifth round uh, in uh, 2015, and he has six years in the NHL. A uh, grand total of 75 goals, 101 assists for 176 points in his career. This makes a lot of sense to me, especially for the Anaheim Ducks. I think that this is one of those guys that you consider one of your future leadership group type of guys with him and, and Trevor Zegres. Um Look, they're a young team. They have talent. They just need to start building around a little bit. And uh, w- my question to you, I guess, would be, do you consider Troy Terry to be captaincy material? Kind of on a team yeah. that doesn't really have a super clear leader.
1: Yeah, they're definitely a, a a team, a young team looking for young leaders to step up, and he's definitely been one of them. Right. Um, his production, his production-wise numbers has gone up, but also just like his other areas in the game of hockey has gone up. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of just makes sense, and you expect you know mr trevor is to get something along the lines of a similar contract as yeah. that yep and pair them up to both kind of be like a you know Kane taves you know richard carter and like a t- tandem that has similar contracts that you move forward with and build that, around
0: yeah that's something that they're definitely looking for there especially with those two according to uh gm for the ducks pat verbeek he said quote We are very pleased to be able to come to an agreement. Troy is a major part of our team as a character player and leader, and we look forward to seeing him continue his absence or his ass, his ascent to being one of the league's top players, not absent. Um, No, I mean, look, he's, uh, he's a good talent. He's only 25, which is great, right? He's about to embark on what you would consider the, uh, the height of his career, at least athletically and, and physically. Um, I, yeah, with especially with that statement, it really seems to me like the Ducks are looking forward to exactly what you said. There being a kind of Canes and Tays, or um, I mean, not maybe not to that extent, but a McDavid Dry Sidle situation, um, for them where they have two leaders in the locker room uh, who are still young right now and look to build with the franchise, and that's why they become a leader, right? So I, I truly expect for him to be one of the leaders if not the captain and uh, exactly what you said Trevor Zegers to follow not too far behind uh what do you what do you think about the you know three to five year outlook for a team like Anaheim right so this year obviously you know they had a, a little a little bit of success in in some parts of the year right they went on a couple of good bouts of, of solid hockey got some wins right but in the end it just wasn't going to, just wasn't gonna fall that way as they wound up. Uh let's see here. Uh, cha-cha-cha. They wound up at the very bottom of the Western Conference at uh a 23, 47, and 12 record for 58 points. Um, I, I really feel like it's a team that just really struggles defensively. Uh, you know, minus 129 goal differential. Do you see them making um any splashes? In the next three to five years, defensively, or do you think that they are trying to make that all come from the uh, the farm system?
1: I mean, as at a point, they'll probably draft a defenseman first round or second round. You know, kind of start building in the back end. But uh, I think like you, you're gonna have to maybe get somebody like they're they were really bad last year. Yeah. I get you can make the org- argument that they tried to be really bad and I guess he succeeded. But, you know, you, again, you've got, you know, players you look and keep moving forward in the future, like a Zegers and a you know, Troy Terry. And um uh, they had like a Mason McTavish. So it's – I think – you kind of need to get maybe a, an actual veteran piece if you're looking to make a – trying to hunt for a playoff spot. But I, I just don't think – especially in like, the next two to three years, like, you're still going to be a young, young team. You might – you know, adding Leo Carlson might actually start really piecing it together. But you might have to look at, like, four or five to actually really – because I think like the worst part about what they did, and yet, uh, honestly, I speak as like, Flyers fan. Like, we weren't, I spent seeing what my team, like my elite, my team, you could say what and argue the talent wise, you know, but at least my team showed up every night yeah. last year. And yeah, sometimes it wasn't great, but at least I knew they put in the forefront solid effort. And they tried to, are starting to build a quote unquote standard slash culture of being a, a, a tough team that plays hard. Mm. And it's like first steps in it. With, with Docs, like, there was none of that. At the, that point, they really quit. Yeah. And that's not, that, that sort of thing lingers. Like yeah, you can be like, oh, we're just gonna get get like a Leo Carlson, or you know, everyone thought Anthony was gonna go to the Docs, and they're gonna get a great player, and they're gonna start bringing in like some of the pieces of the puzzle. But like, you gotta make a puzzle well, like a puzzle, a structured thing, mm-hmm. and structure is so important. It's a right. base, and so I, I, I just think they're acquiring talent, but not truly building up. Base
0: right, and I I agree with you. Yeah, there is there is definitely you know an idea of what a culture needs to to be in hockey, especially when it comes to growing a a young team and a young franchise. Right, you can't just pick pieces of talent and hope that it sticks and and you can you can make it. I asked Toronto; they have a lot of young talent. They only made past the first round this last year, and they just were absent for the second. They had no, they had no motivation leadership whatever you want to call it so obviously coaching is probably going to be in the ducks future too once they start getting that young talent some nhl experience and maybe some veteran leadership they'll probably start looking for a head coach pretty soon after that but uh i digress we continue uh this guy not a rookie in fact a 12-year nhl veteran vladimir tarasenko stand the former Stanley cup champion vladimir tarasenko has been signed on a one-year, $5 million deal to the Ottawa Senators of all teams. Um, First reaction to this deal, uh, Matt?
1: Kind of expected. Like, they're they're a team that really thinks they're a lot better than what they finished last year. Right. And to the extent, I'd probably agree with that. Um, But, like, if you look at, the Ottawa Senators as a franchise, they're a little bit, like, kind of weird. Like, they're a veteran team. Like, they got some pretty old veterans, obviously. We talk Claude Giroux being, like, the main one. that are up there adding Vladimir Tarasenko. He's a veteran veteran. And then you got, like, the mix of, like, the, you know, the Timmy Stutzler, like, like, a really young man bringing up uh ottawa's uh roster right now but there's you know like josh norris is pretty young still too like they got the mix of that but if you look at their pipeline you, they don't have a lot as far as like prospect wise like good prospects so they're kind of in a moment of like yeah we kind of need this to work like now right Like to try kind of like you know, as similarly, like the Phillies, what we're watching, like they kind of need to, you know, start reaching for, you know, being a, a contender now because mm-hmm. it won't be in a couple of years. So that's where I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And it was kind of expected. They need yeah. to make a big splash.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I agree with your sentiment at the start there about how they, they uh, think that they're, they should have done better as a team than they did this last year. I, I mean, I remember going into last season being like, "I don't know what might be a team to watch," and you know, it just never came to fruition. Um, but I think he's definitely an interesting guy for them to go after. He's definitely going to help the team. And one thing I do find interesting is it says here, um, apparently, one of his main motivations for signing there is the fact that they had a six-year Stanley Cup playoff uh, playoff drought. Um, that was a huge factor, apparently, to him. He said, quote, uh, I like that it's a young team and is very hungry to win. Uh, the guys really seem to like, um, like, really seem like they're ready to make the next step. I'm really happy to be a part of it. That's that's really cool coming from, you know, a former Stanley Cup champion, a former captain of a team, like a franchise player of a team in the NHL with the St. Louis Blues. It, and you add that kind of talent experience to a team that has a Brady Kachuk, that has a Claude Giroux. Right, that has a Timmy so like you brought up. Um, I think that's definitely a a huge, huge deal for for that team. I still got to talk about though that goaltending needs help. Matt okay. Murray, you can't. You know, it's no. I, I, I look, I know Matt Murray's a former Stanley Cup champion. I, I get that, I do, but that's that's not the same guy that's in net that, in Ottawa. You know what I mean? I I really feel like that's something that they need to identify. Faster than getting another veteran forward, you know what I mean? Like they did it last year with the Giroux deal, that makes a ton of sense. Back then, they're doing it now with Vladimir Tarasenko. They're adding these good veteran pieces, yeah, sure. But if the puck keeps going into the net, it's not going to matter, you know?
1: Right, they are bringing in Jonas Corpusalo. right? Right, as that, did happen. that so, did happen. They are looking to improve it. Will it happen?
0: Yeah, I, look, I, I reckon... wouldn't call I wouldn't call Eunice Corpusalo a world breaker either, though. You know what I mean? Right, like exactly. Look at Columbus's record; they yeah. they were they were worse. Uh, now, obviously, that could that's a a mixture of a bunch of things that couldn't score goals, couldn't play defense, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, the Unis Corpusalo deal that's all that's all fine and dandy. But I don't know, man. I don't know. That's that's definitely interesting to say the least. Interesting to say the least. Um, and then one more signing to discuss here. We're going to talk about Jeremy Swayman, three-year goaltender from the Boston Bruins. Uh, they avoid our ar- or they go into arbitration, uh, I should say. And he was awarded a one-year $3.475 million contract. Um, he ended up sharing the Jennings Trophy with uh, Linus Allmark last season, the duo there in Boston, putting up 174 goals um, during the regular season, which is the the fewest in the league, uh, he was a uh, fourth round selection by Boston in 2017. He has a 54-23 and seven record in his career with a 2.24 goals against and a 9.20 save percentage with nine shutouts. um Look, he is a solid, solid goalie. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I you could consider him good, right? What what do you think is the move here for the Bruins? The Bruins are in a very weird spot right now. I, I don't know how to feel about them. You know what I mean? Um, Linus Allmark and, and Jeremy Swayman, they're good. They're good goaltenders to have. Yes, I, I I can agree with that. Can you re-sign them both? I mean, you had to go into arbitration with Jeremy Swayman, and I think they probably are paying him a little bit, bit more than they were hoping to have to pay him. Uh, I but the, the numbers speak for themselves. There's not a whole lot that. You know could have been done about that but when when you really look at this roster they're kind of in a weird spot right is it just me right.
1: no i i would uh, completely agree like you got teams in the similar position like the, the detroit's um you know buffalo so those are just teams in the division you know and then you also got the teams that kind of kept their core like but are going through a little bit of a turnover like Tampa but they're keeping the core and they're going to compete for a playoff spot uh, listen I Ottawa's gonna be in a dog fight uh, like no no question about it unless things go wrong which they seem to have gone wrong early in the season I think they'll be competing for a wild card spot I mean it's not he, what 93 points. Was the last wild card spot last mm-hmm. year? Now yeah. Florida. Yep. So I mean, it is a, a lot of handful of teams are are looking to reach that number
0: because I
1: think that number is going to stay.
0: Yeah, I, it's definitely going to stay up there. I mean, especially in the the Atlantic, that's that's a, that's a tough division as it is. I, I, the, but my only thing is, this is a team that lines up their centers as Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, Morgan Geeky, and Jesper Bokvist. Like, that's not flying off the page for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that's like, it's not rattling my cage at all. I think they're they're a team that kind of looked at you know,
1: similar what Florida did. Like, I think they kind of want to tread water. Mm-hmm. They they want to tread water be around the wild card spots to the like the third third uh, third position in the Atlantic and come trade deadline kind of flip their team over and bring on bring on talent to mm-hmm. so kind of just you know not finish as the presidents trophy winning team
0: Right. I mean, last year was it was wild, right? Obviously, they, you know, break the record for for best regular season team and then leave immediately in the first round. Right. Like so. That was that was super great. Right. Obviously, that's an incredible season. Great to have it. Are you looking at this team and thinking that they can repeat that? Probably not,
1: especially with Bergeron being out.
0: And- yeah, the, the missing of Berge, especially in the face-off dot, in high leverage situations, it, it's bigger than I think people really think about, right? As a Flyers fan, I can say it's huge because he's, you know, we've had great face-off
1: men and, like, we've had years where we've won the, uh, you know, like, been the best team in face-offs. Mm-hmm. Every time they face Berger on, he, he would beat us. From, from Couturier to Giroud to yep. all, all the great face-off men we've had. He's, he's always a,
0: been better. He's an all-time face-off guy. He really is. It's completely all-time, no doubt in, in my mind, that he's going to be a first ball hall of fame, or at least he should be. But that's definitely a big missing piece here for the Boston Bruins. So I'm really interested to see how that kind of shakes itself out as this season goes forward because obviously – Everybody here that listens frequently knows I absolutely despise the Boston Bruins, blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm not, look, I'm not wishing upon their downfall. I'm not, if you're a Bruins fan, I swear I'm not here wishing upon their downfall. It's just, it's something that I can see in the near future. I just, I just don't, I just don't know. You know what I mean? The thing
1: is like he's had a near MVP type season, but uh, David Posenock has. mm -hmm. So, if he continues to be a, an MVP caliber player, like everything else will hopefully fall the place. So like, it's kind of like what Matthew Kachuk is with the, uh, you know, the Panthers. He had an MVP caliber year and the rest of the team kind of had average year, just got in, got in, everything clicked. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That, that's, uh, that stays to be a, uh, an interesting uh, storyline as the season goes on. Uh, to continue another interesting storyline here, um, specifically because of the team it's associated with, but Logan Cooley signs his three-year entry-level contract with the Arizona Coyotes. He actually signs it. He doesn't go back to Minnesota. Doesn't go back to Big Ten hockey. I'm look. I'm baffled. I am, and it's just because of the team it's associated with. You know, when you have a kid this talented. And this highly touted, and he winds up on a team like Arizona that just has so much misfortune as a franchise doesn't even have a place to play. Is struggling to find a, a, somewhere that wants them to be their team. That's that's tough to be like, oh yeah, I'll I'll sign my three years of my my life as an NHLer to this team. W- why do you think the reason that he signed the ELC is you know considering the situation in Arizona?
1: I don't know. I think he just kind of thinks it's a better idea to start playing professional hockey now, and just get the ELC started, and then kind of build your rap there. And you know who who knows when you're professional, like you know, you know teams make offer sheets on players, but frequently when they can, if he thinks he can play a certain type of way. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team offer sheet offer sheeted him. Mm-hmm. You know, took him from Arizona, or you know, the, rides the ELC ELC contract, and then uh, you know, goes find another finds another team. Or yeah, this, just...
0: is, this is a but, very uh, believe in yourself kind of kind of move from Logan Cooley here because I get the whole idea of you just want to play professionally now. I get that I do, but. That's like that's big to to be like, I just want to play professionally right now. I believe that I can do it. You know, like that's pretty massive stuff to to go putting on yourself, especially at that age. You know, Um, how how old is he? 18, 19. Something crazy. pretty sure Logan Cooley's 19 or 20. That's that's wild to be like, oh, no, I can play NHL hockey right now and I want to do it. Because look, NHL hockey is a high level. I mean, it's it's the best of the yes. best, it's the best in the world. He's 19. So 19 year old being like, I'm gonna do it right now, that's that could backfire with, you know, lack just lack of size. So you kind of get bullied and then it winds up being lack of confidence, or you could get hurt because you you lack in size. So um I actually I don't know how big Logan Cooley is. Is he a big dude? No, he's one seventy-four. See, that's real tiny. That's like, remember watching Morgan Frost when he first came and you're like, it's a child trying to play with grown-ass men?
1: That's fine. I think he's grown because he's listed as like a six-foot guy, and I'm pretty sure people have said like he's pretty tall now. So he could have grown.
0: Which can happen, right? I mean, it happened in the case of Morgan Frost. Some would say this last season was his coming out season, even though it was his third in the league. You know, it, it, and that that can happen. It could happen to Logan Cooley. It's just these are things that I feel like maybe people don't worry about enough when it comes to how young the player is, their size, their skill, et cetera, et cetera. They could just get dummied by Ryan Reeves with their head down in the center of the ice and boom, career over. You know what I mean? That that just, it. He's relatively tall. He's 5'10",
1: 5'10", hundred Yeah, but I'm 5'10",
0: 200. You don't, know, like, I'm not a, like a, Big guy by any means, you know what I mean? You know, small guy. There there are players in the NHL that are small. Yes,
1: yes. I mean, oh, it's not like a you have to be a big man's league. I mean,
0: sure, sure. So there are small players. It's just definitely something to 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 think about in the in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? Right. Um,
1: I know, I know what you mean. I mean, he's going to a he's going to a team that might not even like protect him. Like, right. he, some guy, a lot of, you know, players, young players, when they go to their teams, they know they're going to at least be protected by their enforcer. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really seem like Arizona is going to have guys that stand up for one another, right?
0: Right. And you know, maybe, maybe they do wind up with a team that has this weird sense of camaraderie because of how bad they are and like sticking up for each other and just trying to get better as a very young team. Maybe that does happen, and I think that will be really cool if that does happen, but I just don't necessarily see it in the cards. But, hey, good on him getting into the league. Uh, I hope he has a great career. I hope he does good things. Um, Just definitely interesting to see somebody at this point hitch their wagon to the Arizona Coyotes. To keep moving forward, speaking of interesting, this news just dropped at 5.20 the night of recording, so that'll be Wednesday night, but this this drops on Thursday for, for you folk listening. Um, that Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson of the Philadelphia Flyers are expected to be ready for Flyers training camp, according to Keith Jones. Uh said, quote, the end of the last season, they were ready to come back. So now they're getting a full off season of training and getting ready to prepare for the rigors of the long regular season. All indications are that they are full go and we're ready and uh, we're really excited about that. So I knew that Couturier was good to come back at the end of last year, but I didn't know Cam Atkinson was. I'm I'm not quite sure about that one myself but uh, I, look as as flyers fans this is definitely something that you know interests us a lot because that's you know two it's not our veteran leader. those are two professionals you know what I mean those are two veteran leaders now we've we've watched a lot of kids come through this team especially the last two years and you know just trying to prove themselves in all that. of jazz, which is fun to watch don't get me wrong i have no problem watching that kind of hockey when that's the kind of hockey that that i know i'm going to be watching but this is definitely adding a, an interesting wrinkle as that's you know two very prominent veteran leaders for on on that forward core which right now is very young and you know some could argue has talent you know you have Joel Farabee, you have Noah Cates, you have uh, Morgan Frost, like you have young talent there. And now you yeah, have like Tyson
1: Forrester. that's Tyson Forrester,
0: to... right. right? But kids that can fire. I was gonna say, yeah. Um, so. but you had you have this young talent, especially in the forward core, and now you had Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, who both missed a majority of the last season. Do you think this changes the outlook for the team as far as what you could, you know? think of points wise right well you know we can get into the you know the the building of the team you know later but do you think that this changes the aspect of how many points this team can get
1: absolutely I mean they, they were really big pieces of the puzzle especially Sean Couturier if he can be a, a good face-off man I mean this team did, did not control the puck last year so he would help and uh, yeah like you combine that's like close to 60 goals just out of your lineup, what you know they can bring. Um, And, you know, through this whole quote-unquote rebuild the Flyers are going to go through, like, they're not going to try and tank the the accumulated assets. Like, they're going to have a team play hard and try and make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I think they're kind of in the mix of, you you know, a Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa... You know, we're talking about the Boston being in there. The teams that are gonna be in the, you know, fighting for a wild card spot. So, I just I think Florida's in there too, right? So I think they, those are, you know, there's gonna be a lot of teams fighting for wild card team, spots.
0: I'm not quite sure I can I can really get on board with the fighting for a wild card spot idea. Um, even with Sean Court and Cam Atkinson coming back, the the defense is a issue. Uh, your top pairing is Travis Sandheim and Rasmus Bristolsta line, and that is no good. This is just no good. Your second pairing has Mark Stahl and Cam York. I'm actually excited to see how Cam York does with Mark Stahl. And then your third being Nick Sealer and Sean Walker. Like just just does this just does not excite me at all. <laughs> you're, gonna see,
1: it's just... you're probably going to see a lot of kids like, you know, a, uh, a, a uh, Igor Zamula or, you know, Ronnie Adder get uh-huh. their opportunity. But, I mean, it is good, a good indication of what type of games they'll play. Like, I don't know if they can play like 60, 70 games on the blue line in the NHL yet. So it's like, it, yeah, they're in the position right there where they're going to have to see what they have. Right, people are gonna have to step up, but you know, as far as Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, they're gonna, you know, what you get. I, I know Couturier is coming back from playing for two years, and there's still question marks of what he'll bring. But you know the what Cam Atkinson will bring. He'll help. He'll help your power play, and you know you hope Sean Couturier can be a, a a version of himself. Right. I mean. Three.
0: These are Those are two guys that, you know, on this roster are pretty much a non-mystery. You, you know what they're going to bring night in and night out. Now, whether they actually bring it considering the injury injuries they've had is is to be determined. But you know what they're going to try to do night in, night out. You've seen what their their game is like. They're not a, a mystery at all. It's just this lineup alone has a lot of question marks, right? Can Owen Tippett, you know, be that guy? Can Joel Faraby come back from a very down year? Can Wade Allison stay healthy? Can Noah Cates still be a talent? Can, you know, Morgan Frost bring and deliver what he did last year and then maybe even improve on that, right? There's so many question marks in this lineup. I'm interested to see how two veteran leaders, especially in this young forward core, can kind of shape them a little bit, you know? And, you know, Obviously, they've, they've been under torts. They kind of know what the system is. They kind of know what they want to do. But now you add two veterans that have also known the system, know what to do, and they can be leadership roles for for these guys. So that's definitely going to be interesting to to watch in, in my eyes here. Um one last news of note uh before we wrap it up um let's see here if I can find the right stuff here. Uh yes, yeah, so apparently within the coming days um and this is according to uh oh, I saw this. Yeah. Um this is according to writer uh Anke Kumar of a. it's a Canadian Canadian sports website. Um the Hockey Canada investigation. There are going to be five players uh who will be facing NHL suspensions uh rather soon. Um and uh, those those players have not been um, have not been named yet, but apparently there are quote some significant names, uh, and this is coming from Andy Strickland, um, who I believe is is part of the indictment team. So that's definitely interesting. As soon as that news comes down, we will absolutely talk about it once we get facts and information. Again, uh, I I will reiterate as we have done on this podcast, we are not going to throw out any clickbaity stuff. We're not going to do any of that, that we're going to wait till we get facts and then we'll report on it. Okay. So that that's we're we're going to be doing our, our due diligence as actual reporters here. We're not going to just start talking about things and, and trying to escalate situations. Uh, So apparently it's going to be five players and some significant ones at that. So definitely stay tuned to our social media, stay tuned to the podcast. Whenever that news comes out, because we'll get it to you. Uh, other than that, Matt, unless you have any other NHL news, that's gonna do it, dude.
1: I'm missing hockey. I miss yeah, hockey yeah. a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying the Philly season. They, you know, they've been entertaining. Yeah, Baseball's
0: yeah. fun, man. I, I, I like the summer and I love baseball. So I, I don't get me wrong. I'm excited for hockey, but when you're your aspects of the hockey season are watching the Philadelphia Flyers. You can, I can wait a little bit. I can wait a little bit. The Phillies are fun to watch, you know, yeah, um, are a
1: type of team. That's kind of going for it now.
0: Right. And they got the birds definitely- around the corner too. Like eh, there, there's a lot going on here. So, um, all righty folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening week in and week out. You guys are still listening in the off season, which is awesome. We appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, Go ahead and follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at OTPP pod on both. Uh, Again, that's at OTPP pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and follow Adam on the Twitch as well as twitch.tv backslash on the power play twitch.tv backslash on the power play. He hasn't recorded uh, a whole lot. That's been new, but obviously he's got that second job this summer, uh, which is why he's not as frequent on the podcast as he once was. Uh, So, you know, definitely uh, look at the stuff that he's done on there already. The video on demand stuff. It's pretty good stuff. He loves making that content. The more you guys that watch, the more he'll be motivated to make that content for you guys. So go ahead and watch what he does out there. It's pretty cool stuff Uh, again. Thank you so much for listening and we out.